welcome back. This is part eight of the Jayan Sutras section, portion, chapter, something of um, <clears throat> Edward Reeves Buddhist Books podcast, in which, <clears throat> why am I always clearing my throat multiple times at the beginning of these? I don't know. Um, we're definitely going to be finishing some Yaktva Sutra, and I'm fairly certain that this episode will be shorter than the usual episodes. So let's get to it, shall we? Picking up right where we left off. To restrain from deluded faith, the opposite concept of samyakta or right faith is mithyaktva or deluded faith. Both cannot coexist. Therefore, it is the duty of the aspirant with the right faith to always remain cautious of wrong conceptions. He should not take the risk of allowing his right beliefs to become tainted by wrong beliefs. So just, just turn this off right now. Watch something else. Just read your Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Um, in brief, there are ten types of myth yatva or deluded faith. Ooh, I like these lists. Number one. To refuse to acknowledge righteous persons who are not attracted by wealth and lust and who are unaffected by praise and criticism of worldly people as monks. Okay, that sentence was a little confusing. Let me run it through, through it one more time. Okay, this is the, the number one of the list of the types of deluded faith. To refuse to acknowledge. Okay. Righteous persons who are not attracted by wealth and lust and who are unaffected by praise and criticism of worldly people as monks. Okay, so to refuse to acknowledge them as monks if they fit those qualifications. Okay, that's deluded faith. Number two, to grant the status of monks to those who give in to the temptations of wealth and lust and who are always desirous of being worshipped and admired just because they are attired as monks. I never claimed to be a monk. I, I am wearing the robe, but don't mistake me for one of those guys. Anyway, uh, okay, number three. To be rooted in untruth and thus consider the following ten dharmas as irreligious. Utama Kasama. Okay, let's get a handle on this. To be rooted in untruth and thus consider the following ten dharmas as irreligious. So if you don't agree with these ten things, then that's deluded faith. What are the ten things that you must agree with? Okay. Utama Kasama. Supreme forgiveness. Okay, again, sounds like Jesus went to India. Uh, Utama Mardava. Supreme humility. All right, I'll buy it. Arjava, supreme... Let me know if I'm mispronouncing any of these, by the way. Anyway. Uh, okay, Arjava, supreme straightforwardness. All right. Sauka, supreme purity. Saucha? Sauka? Something like that. Satya, supreme truthfulness. Sanyama, Supreme self-restraint or self-control. All right. Tapa, supreme austerity. Tyaga, supreme renunciation. What if somebody thinks they're being truthful? Well, never mind. Okay. Supreme renunciation. 
Akinkanya, supreme detachment, and Brahmacharya, supreme chastity, which I'm sure some of you know from the yamas and niyamas, you yogi nuts. Okay, number four type of deluded faith. Adharma, you remember A at the beginning of things sometimes means the opposite. So Adharma is those actions and thoughts that lead to the deterioration of the soul. Example, committing violence, intake of alcohol, gambling, thinking ill of others, and the like. Number five, body, senses, and mind are inert according to the ideals of Jainism, to consider them as soul, i.e. to consider the non-soul as soul. That's deluded faith, okay? Number six, to consider soul as non-soul. For example, to believe that there is no harm in killing animals such as cow, goat, ox, etc., or in eating their meat because they do not have a soul. Oh, well, what if you acknowledge that they have a soul but you're hungry? Okay, no. You have to be vegetarian if you want to be a Jainist, all right? Or an early Buddhist, by the way. <clears throat> but the Dalai Lama eats meat. There was this, uh, I don't think I've told you guys, this one time I went to see the Dalai Lama in uh, 2013, I think. And it was in uh, Santa Monica. And you know how they have uh, free speech in the United States of America. So there was a free speech zone, which is a joke from uh, that that show, uh, Arrested Development. There was the free speech cage that all the, free, the people who were protesting had to go into the free speech cage. Well, this wasn't quite a cage, but it was a roped off little square. And uh, there was a long line of people waiting to go in and, and see the Dalai Lama speak. And there was one woman inside the free speech zone with a megaphone saying, ask the Dalai Lama why he eats meat. The Buddha said you're not supposed to eat meat, but the Dalai Lama eats meat. Why don't you ask the Dalai Lama why he eats meat? And as you can imagine, after about a half an hour of that, it got old. Um, she didn't have any other points. That was all she was there to say. So anyway, food for thought. Just make sure it's vegetarian food for thought. Okay, number seven. To consider the wrong path as the right path. To consider harming dogmatic rituals, such as worshiping the Sitala, bathing in the Ganji, the, the Ganga. It says Ganges here, but you know, the Ganga. We can go ahead and call it what it's called, not what the British called it. And doing rituals after death as correct. Okay, let's go over that one more time. So this is deluded faith. To consider the wrong path as the right path. To consider harming dogmatic rituals. So here's an example of some harming dogmatic rituals according to the Jainists. Worshipping Sitala. What's Sitala, baby? Sheetala means pleasant and nice, calm. Worshipping calmness? Worship, okay. All right. Thank you. Um, bathing in the Ganga. So if you're a Jainist caught bathing in the Ganga, then pff, you'd better have a good excuse. Um, and doing rituals after death. I think if you're doing rituals after death, that's pretty impressive. I don't know. Um, but maybe they mean rituals after the death of someone else, uh, like uh, the um, 
What's the name of that ritual we did for my dad, baby? Puja. That's okay. Uh, we did this puja where we poured my dad's ashes into Ganga because uh, my stepmom had Even, kept them. Uh, mainly means cool, pleasant, cool, like cool, like a cool breeze, like a cool, pleasant okay. water. Okay. So don't worship coolness. Um, and don't bathe in the Ganga ritually. And don't pour my dad's ashes into the Ganga in Rishikesh. Asti Vistar. Okay. The pouring of the ashes. My stepmom had kept his ashes inside of a thousand-year-old statue of Vimalamitra, who was one of the guys who went uh, from India to Tibet with Vajrayana Sutras and translated them into Tibetan, then went on into China and translated them into Chinese. And so they had made a statue of him approximately 150 years after he died. And uh, my grandpa ended up with that. That's a whole other story. Um, I do plan to write a book about my grandpa sometime. Maybe this year. We'll see. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah. I thought that was a little odd. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess people do that. People keep relics in stupas. And that was sort of like keeping his relic in a stupa. But I, I felt like it was a good thing to perform the Hindu rite of... Um, pouring the ashes into the Ganga to free the soul and allow him to attain mukti or liberation. So yeah, these are all no-nos according to Jainism, which once again helps to establish that they are a separate religion from quote-unquote Hinduism. So all of the practices of India, generally speaking, get lumped together into the name Hinduism. And then people come along and say, don't do that, that's bad. And then they are not Hindu. So that's how that happens. Anyway, <clears throat> but I mean, based on what we've learned about how Jainism seemed to be there before recorded history and the Vedas, eh, you know, uh, I guess it's controversial to say they came with the Aryan invasion only about 6,000, 5,000 years ago. Um, so, you know, Jainism might actually be more authentically Indian than Hinduism. Oh, oh, he said it. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Call the media. Okay, don't call the media, please. Fuck. Okay, anyway. So, yeah, that's uh, those are wrong things. Anyway, number eight, to consider the right path as the wrong path. To consider these old or new rituals which help in progress of religion and evolution of society as incorrect. I am borderline guilty of that one for being in any way critical of any of these words. So I apologize. And uh, no need for me to apologize. I'm the one who's going to burn in the Avicii hells. Do they have Avicii hells in Jainism? Anyway, uh, number nine, to consider that I know sometimes you freeze. There's the hot ones and the cold ones, and they get into all that in Jainism, maybe Mahayana, or Jainism in Vajrayana, maybe Mahayana. I'm not sure. <clears throat> anyway, to, number nine, to consider that which is inclusive of karmas as a devoid of karmas. There is no attachment and aversion in the Paramatma or Supreme Soul. Yet to think of Paramatma as the killer of demons for redemption of his devotees, or to believe that the Paramatma becomes the spouse of those women who worship him, etc. Oh, okay, so all of those are diluted. Okay, right. So, so Sufism is 
deluded faith, according to Jainism. Why am I not surprised? Okay, number 10. To consider that which is devoid of karmas as inclusive of karmas. Without attachment and aversion, neither can devotees be protected nor enemies vanquished. I'm sorry, let me read that again. It kind of went in one ear and out the other, even though it came out my mouth. Anyway, to consider that which is devoid of karmas as inclusive of karmas, okay? Without attachment and aversion, neither can devotees be protected nor enemies vanquished. All right? Without karmic connections, attachment and aversion cannot arise. Yet to think that all these are a divine play of the Lord is a mark of delusion, Amandeep. Mm, I see you with your little game of primal force. No, I'm just kidding. It's, I'm, I'm joking, obviously. I'm not a Jainist. But the Jainists disagree with you and my dad. Hi, by the way. Thank you for watching. Okay. Uh, yet to think that all these are a divine play of the Lord is the mark of delusion. All the world is not a stage, Shakespeare. Um, to believe that despite these activities, the Lord knows how to remain detached. To believe that despite these activities, the, okay, all right. So it's a very specific thing that this is a deluded faith to believe that the Lord remains detached but plays a game in the world. And yeah, that is delusion. Okay. One must stay away from these 10 kinds of deluded faiths. All right. It does remind me of, uh, in uh, probably in other places as well, but in Suryangama Sutra, it talks about 10, 10 types of wrong faith and 10 types of wrong philosophy and 10 types of uh, false gurus, people who think that they're gurus and they're not. And uh, well, anyway, if you're interested in that, I recited that a few years ago. Okay. Regular recitation of Samyaktva Sutra. <clears throat> the final question is that when the aspirant has adopted the vow of Samyaktva at the beginning of his sadhana, we know that word from yoga, or at least we do. I don't know if you do. I'm assuming. And performed all the necessary religious activities thereafter. What is the need for him to utter this sutra every day? He's going to tell us. Is there a new Samyaktva being adopted every day? The response is that Samyaktva is adopted once in the beginning and not every day. Oh, all right. Good to know. But it is recited every day during Sam Samyika and other religious activities simply to keep it fresh in one's memory. All right. By repeating this every day, the soul becomes energized and the vow becomes clearer, purer, purer, and stronger with each passing day. Okay, sort of like eat this in remembrance of me, right? Anyway, seen from the real point of view, Samyaktva is not something that can be adopted or bartered. It is the pure transformation of the soul <clears throat> which awakens in the inner self. Recitation of the mantras and sutras is a physical activity meant to keep the aspirant's mind constantly aware of the nature of Samyaktva so that he always remembers his own pure nature. 
And that concludes the section of the Samayik Sutra, where they talk about the Samyaktva Sutra. Um, but by they, I mean Upadhyaya Amar Muni, 20th century Jainist saint, talking about a uh, second or third before Common Era um, Jainist Sutra. So there you have it. And uh, next time we will begin, mostly because I didn't want to write two different long names on the description of this episode, uh, that we finish this one and start this one. And just to kind of like, okay, now let's think about that, absorb it, and then next time we'll start with a new chapter. And that will be Guru Guna Smarana Sutra, remembering the Guru's qualities. And of course, I'll try to find a, uh, a nice recital of that so that I don't have to butcher the Sanskrit for you. And uh, okay. Um, today I did it inside. This is a window, but this is basically the same stuff that you saw yesterday. A slightly different angle. Got the curtains here, and it's unavoidable. But um, eh, better than one of these blank walls, right? Um, and uh, I think in a week or so we'll have a more interesting view. But anyway, um, thank you all for tuning in. And oh, by the way, I never said... If, uh, if this is your first time seeing me, click here instead. Don't watch this video. Um, that's, that'll start you at the beginning of the playlist with the Dhammapada. And if you're confused about why I'm talking about Jayan Sutras on a podcast called Buddhist Books, then click here for episode one of the Jayan Sutras portion of Buddhist Books, and I will give you a very thorough explanation about why, I, why we're talking about this. Okay, so I'll close with the prayer which my father taught me when I was very young. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Thank you for going on this ride with me. And thank you, Priyal, for your assistance today. And uh, until next time.